0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of the Locked On Reds podcast is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Head over to rockauto.com and tell them that Locked On sent you. You
1: are Locked On Reds. Your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network,
0: your team every day. What's going on, Reds fans? Welcome in to the Locked On Reds podcast. A little bit late getting this one out. Sorry, had to get some sleep in after that game. West Coast games, oof, 945 start times. But the Reds won. A 3-0 shutout victory. We're going to talk a lot about pitching in this episode today because, holy cow, Wayne Miley and TJ Antone looked absolutely fantastic. And then our buddy, Lucas Sims, recurring guest, got his first career save. He only needed one out to do it, but hey, it's still his first career save. We're going to talk about all of that and a splashdown from Joseph Daniel Votto in today's episode. But before we jump into that, make sure that you're following the podcast on whatever podcasting provider you are currently listening to. Also, follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three F's. I'll try and keep you updated on these late night games and follow the show at Lockdown Reds. Save the Lockdown Reds line number into your phone at 513-549-0159. We'll have us a Jeff's Junk Mail segment this coming Friday, so make sure you get those in. All right, let's talk about this game because it was a masterful pitching performance, and it started with Wiley Miley. Wade Miley was fantastic on the mound. He only pitched five innings, and it was strange because I thought they were going to let him go more. The bullpen was taxed pretty heavily over the weekend. You saw some rough performances there. And with the way that Miley was working, he was super efficient. I'm pretty sure whenever he came out that he was right at 80, if not under 80 pitches in five innings. That's fantastic. He could have gone at least another, maybe two. But they decided to pull him for TJ Antone, and then TJ Antone was an out-away from a four-inning save because he pitched phenomenal as well. Didn't give up a hit. In fact, all three pitchers for the Reds, including Lucas Sims, combined for a two-hit shutout of the Giants in their home ballpark. And then on top of that, you had Jesse Winker going yard to deep to deep left center field. And as Chris Welsh talked about it on the radio, that was a carrying home run. It really didn't look like he got all of it. But in the end, it goes over the wall for a two-run homer. And then Joseph Daniel Votto. Holy cow, that was a shot. He has been hitting the ball hard all season. And there's some of you that are rolling your eyes at that. You're like, he's been hitting the ball hard into outs. Who cares? He hit the ball hard again last night, 104 miles an hour into McCovey Cove, the first red ever to have a splashdown home run in McCovey Cove. That was phenomenal. And the other two outs that he made, he hit a 106, I think it was 106 mile an hour line drive into the shift, which was an out. And then he sprayed another, an, an oppo shot to left field line drive that just so happened to be right where the left fielder was standing. He had talked about before the game, he's like, man, I might as well just hit the ball out of the ballpark if I'm going to get a hit. And, I mean, he couldn't be more right. This isn't an issue where he's always hitting into the shift. He's actually getting some balls into the opposite field and up the middle. He's just getting unlucky with them. And I know that we're tired of hearing unlucky, but that's where Joey Votto is. And he's going to stop getting unlucky here pretty soon. And those numbers are going to skyrocket. I'm not worried about Joey Votto. I tweeted a poll at Lockdown Reds. Are you more worried about Joey Votto or Eugenio Suarez? And I'm slightly more worried about Eugenio, but I think he's coming around as well. But all right, that's the hitting in a nutshell because there wasn't a ton of hitting on either side. At least there was a little bit more for the Reds playing long ball twice, and that's all that the pitching would need. Before the season, how concerned were you about Wade Miley? Did you think you knew what you were getting from him based on his season last year? Reports were he was unhealthy all year. He had a groin problem. He had, I think it was a shoulder problem. He was going through a whole bunch of stuff and he just was never 100%. And now he comes into 2021 completely healthy and he becomes just the second Reds pitcher since 1893 to throw at least five innings in his first start and not allow a run. Now, you would have gotten a lot of money from me if you you asked me like a trivia question or something like that because I wouldn't have got this right. The other pitcher to do that is Anthony DiSclefani. The fact that Disco and Wade Miley are the two guys that have done that is just just—it's hilarious how baseball works sometimes. But Wade Miley was phenomenal last night, and Reds Content Plus on their morning spin broke down exactly how he did it because the Giants thought they were being smart. The Giants thought they had the formula to make Wade Miley look silly because they loaded the lineup with eight right-handed pitchers, the, or right-handed hitters. The only left-handed batter in the Giants lineup last night was Brandon Crawford, and you're not taking him out because he's an amazing fielder, and for the Giants, whenever he gets hot, he can really help them win some games. He's just kind of slow start this year but yeah he was the only left-handed hitter in the entire lineup didn't matter wade miley was on top of things man two hits allowed one walk three strikeouts and according to like i was about to say morning spin he split it up mainly into two pitches his cut fastball and his changeup and the hilarious part was wade miley didn't think he was all that great last night
1: but i didn't feel as good i wasn't i felt like i could have did a better job um getting the cutter in on guys' hands. I used my four-seamer more. I went to the changeup a little earlier, but um, it worked out. Game plan worked out. We were able to execute pitches, and like I said, the um, defense was superb. It was um, really fun to uh, be a part of that.
0: (laughs) I mean, if you listen to him talk, you'd have thought that he barely skated by for five innings. He was absolutely on fire, and he even talks fast. He works so fast during the games. There was actually a moment, I believe it was in the second inning, where he was pitching and the ball boy was coming to retrieve a foul ball that had gone back to the backstop. And as he was grabbing the ball and running back to the dugout, Wade Miley was in his motion for the next pitch. He he is just he gets up there and he is bing bang boom. Let's get this done. That's kind of how a zoom interview was. If you saw any bit of a Zoom interview, he's sitting there, he's like shaking his leg. He's like, let's go, let's go, let's go, fast, fast, fast. If guys are asking him a question that he think is taking too long, he kind of cuts them off and gives them their answer. It's it's so funny. Like, I get the impression Wade Miley goes to Kroger and he's done in like 12 minutes. He's like, let's get some milk, get some eggs, get some bread, get some Pop, get some beer, and we're done. And, and, you know, maybe he gets other food. But I I, I just imagine that he's like, bing, bang, boom, bang, boom, let's go. And he's probably in self-checkout because the the cashiers are too slow for him. But that's neither here nor there. Wade Miley was so efficient last night, it was amazing to see. And it was more the same. His first start was exactly that same way. Lots of movement, lots of very quick working pitches, and I was so impressed and continue to be impressed with what he has given the Reds early on this season. Looking forward to seeing what more he's got in store. All right, I want to talk about the performances of TJ Antone and to a smaller extent, Lucas Sims, because he was only in for one batter, but it was an important one because it finished off the game. We're going to talk about that here in just a minute but before we do i wanted to let you know if you're looking for a part for your car the best place to go is rockauto.com not down the road to the corner store and brick and mortar they're going to charge you different prices based on whether you're a professional or you're just trying to get a brake pad for your car or something like that rockauto.com has the same price whether you're a professional or you're an amateur and you're just trying to restore your old car. If you're looking to restore an old car, they've got parts for that. If you've got a brand new car and you need to get something like a taillight or something, they've got parts for that too. Great prices and easy-to-use interface, easy to find the part that you need. Check out rockauto.com. And when you're in the checkout section in the How'd You Hear About Us area, type in "Locked On" to let them know that your pal Jeff from the Locked On Reds podcast sent you. That's rockauto.com. And in the checkout section in the how'd you hear about us area, type in locked on rockauto.com has all of the parts that your car will ever need. Get all of the sports news that is important to you in 20 minutes or less with the Locked On Today podcast each and every day. Host Peter Bukowski takes a look around the sporting universe and brings the biggest stories to you. Find the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so Wade Miley was brilliant. And then in the sixth, T.J. Antone comes in. In fact, in the fifth inning, Wade Miley's spot was on deck and they had Alex Blandino in the on-deck circle to pinch hit for him. So David Bell was taking him out and T.J. Antone was coming in. And I was a little bit perplexed. Because as I mentioned, he was brilliant. He was looking phenomenal. He was very efficient with his pitches. I, I didn't understand that. But then TJ Antone comes in and oh my gosh, San Francisco had no chance. There was nothing they could do against TJ Antone. He he talked about in his postgame Zoom that he was working backwards with most hitters and he was just on fire. I, I didn't play the quit from wade miley but he even mentioned because uh, somebody asked him about tj following him out of the bullpen and wade miley said yeah it, to san francisco's hitters uh tj's fastball must have looked like it was coming at him at 115 miles an hour whenever he comes in throwing 98 after i've been throwing 86 <laughs> it could be more right it, it's a great kind of match up there a good a uh, lefty who throws slow stuff that moves the time. And then you got TJ who comes in and he throws really fast stuff, but don't get me wrong, it still moves the time. Giants couldn't do anything with TJ Antone's fastball and his slider was just phenomenal all night long. He pitched three and two-thirds innings, and the most remarkable thing about it was the first batter he faced, he walked. I I thought, oh my gosh, we're going to go from an efficient Wade Miley to a TJ Antone that is a little rusty, still trying to break the rust off and stuff like that. Not at all. He settled down, didn't allow a base runner the rest of the night, three and two thirds innings, five strikeouts. The Reds just missed pizza, by the way. They had nine strikeouts last night, but uh, absolutely phenomenal performance by TJ Antone. He had the confidence and swagger on the mound of a Cy Young Award candidate Hopefully, here soon he is going to be in the rotation. I got a thought on that in a minute, but I wanted to play this clip first. this was he was asked about the mound meeting with David Bell in the ninth inning because he got two outs. It looked like he was about to get that really strange four inning save. but the last two batters that he faced he was you could tell he was really laboring to get through them. He had this to say about that meeting yeah I mean I could tell I was running out of gas uh slider was kind of unraveling on me and you know I just I don't think I had gone that that far yet into a game or that many pitches um so yeah I definitely could uh could feel myself getting a little uh fatigued but um, I mean not at the in the moment of you know competitor in me says absolutely you know I could have gone five more it doesn't matter like I'm gonna do whatever it takes uh to win the game I love that mentality I I love that mentality from a dude coming out of a bullpen. He just wants to do whatever he can to get that W. In fact, there's a uh, quote that's very similar to that that we'll play from Lucas Sims here in just a minute. But TJ was asked about the idea of starting, and I, I thought with the way that he was used last night, that almost looked like the final stepping stool to getting him into the rotation. And the way that he pitched tonight, and, you know, you count five days, okay, he could possibly start on Saturday against the Indians. You could have Sonny Gray Friday night, and then T.J. Antone Saturday night, and then you could have either Wade Miley or Sonny Gray on Sunday. Or not Sonny Gray, uh, Luis Castillo. It, it might end up being Wade Miley, but still, that is a phenomenal way to kind of work out the rotation and get him in there. He had some thoughts on that. That's not my choice. Um, I think, you know, down the road, that may be an option. Um, But, you know, wherever they need me, if they need me in that role right there, that was pretty fun. I gleaned two things out of that soundbite. Number one, he's probably tired of answering questions about when he's going to be in the rotation because he himself wants to be in the rotation and he's ready to go. But number two, dude is such a good teammate and dude just wants to help the team win. It doesn't matter to him if he's coming out in the first inning or the ninth inning or the fifth inning or the seventh inning or the third inning, whatever it is, he's ready to go. And I love that about TJ Yantone. But not to be outdone, he could not get that third out in the ninth inning. So recurring guest, friend of the podcast, Lucas Sims comes in and he gets his first ever career save. Hasn't got a save yet in his career. He had five pitches to do it against Evan Longoria, a steady diet of sliders against the right-hander, and it's not to be outdone. Evan Longoria hit a couple of really scary long fly balls earlier on in the game. He had one that Nixon Zell caught up against the wall, and then he had another warning track fly ball that just by the way that the call sounded and the way that it looked on television, you're like, boy, oh, boy, this could carry. This could get out of here, and it just didn't quite make it. So you're thinking, all right, Lucas Sims wasn't that sharp in his last outing, but never fear. Dude was on fire, struck him out. Evan Longoria had no shot. Lucas had this to say after his first career save.
1: Uh, it's, it's pretty special. Um, obviously, um, I don't know. I'm just, I don't know. It's, it's, I don't have a lot. All that to say it was pretty exciting. Um. You know, when the situation came up and and I got to get going, wanted the ball get in there and shut it down. I told Cassianos, let's go win a ball game.
0: Sounded a bit speechless. He was pretty happy, obviously. I mean, first career save, it's kind of a big thing to check off your uh, to-do list. If you're a pitcher, I, I get it. I'm not the biggest fan of the stat category of the save, but most major league pitchers are. And then he had this to say about whether or not he gets to keep the ball.
1: Of course, definitely. That one's coming back. I got that in the lineup card, and the beer shower probably still in my hair.
0: (laughs) I love Lucas Sims, man. And it's not just because he's been on the podcast. Like I think most people probably think, oh, you're just, you know, you're picking favorites or whatever, but he is an awesome dude. And he was asked about that. This is something that we talk about a lot when bullpen guys come out into the ninth inning versus any other inning. There's like a different feel. And I know that from a fan's perspective, we don't want it to be that way. We want them to treat every single out the same and we want them to go out there like robots and get those outs and not have some sort of special meaning attached to the final three outs of the game. That's just not the case with most guys. Although I do like Lucas's thoughts on this.
1: Not really. Um, I mean, it's pretty cool, I guess, to get the ball and then, um, you know, you know shake hands with your teammates and all that stuff but um prior to that it's it's just like any other outing you know you go out there and you're trying to get that guy out at the dish at that time so um other than the game being over and you know we walk off with a dub uh same 60 feet six inches same goal
0: could he and amir garrett be any different I don't ask that in, in in a negative way toward either player. I think it's awesome that both their guys' personalities are so different, but Amir is so fiery and so passionate, and Lucas is so level-headed and confident and calm, and I love that about him. I I want there to be that kind of dynamic because I think if everyone in the bullpen is so keyed up and just passionate and just ready to go fight the entire Pirates dugout, then eventually you're going to run into a spot where everybody's a little bit frazzled and nobody can know what to do. Lucas Sims looks like the calming presence in this bullpen at the back end that can really nail down a victory. And I loved what we saw from him and just won at bat. It was his first save, but he got that first save and he gets to keep the ball to us. It's pretty good. It's funny because... C Trent asked him because his wife, Danny tweeted before the game said that he's getting his first save tonight. You know, and and Lucas said, he's like, ah, she's putting positive vibes out there. We always try to do that. You know, try to be positive about what we want to accomplish and things like that. So, you know, maybe Danny can tweet out that, you know, the Reds are going to make the playoffs. I don't know. That's, that's just uh, my thought for the next positive vibes to be putting out there. Anyway, very phenomenal game. Now, we roll into game two. See if the Reds can get back on the series winning train. We're going to talk about that in just a moment. But before we jump into that, I want to let you know if you want to jump off the bench and into the game when it comes to sports wagering, check out betonline.ag. It's the site that I trust the most with my sports wagering. And you can set up a profile today with the promo code LOCKED ON and get 50% added. Onto your initial deposit bonus, they've got all the best lines when it comes to all the best sports. You got NBA, you've got NHL, Major League Baseball, of course. Every single day, they've also got these prop bets for each and every game. You can check out who you think is going to get a home run, who you think is going to have like a really good day, whether it's like multi hits, multi runs scored, things like that. Check them out today at betonline.ag and set up your profile if you haven't already and type in the promo code Locked On to get 50% more added onto your initial deposit. That's betonline.ag and the promo code On. Fantasy baseball addicts rejoice. Locked On has a podcast for you. It's Locked On Fantasy Baseball, hosted by Scott Cullen. He takes his multiple decades of experience with fantasy baseball and combines it with a data-driven approach to help you win your league. Waiver Wire Pickup Advice. They've got start and send them advice every single day on the Locked On Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Check it out wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we have a heavyweight matchup on the mound tonight. It's Luis Castillo against Kevin Gosman. Huh? Yeah, Kevin Gosman. Remember him? He was a reliever for like 20 seconds for the Reds back in 2019. Made a couple of appearances during the month of September, kind of when the Reds were out of it, so you probably weren't paying that much attention to him. He was pretty all right for the Reds in that short time span. The problem was, coming into the offseason, he was arbitration eligible. He was due to make about $10 million. And that was coming into 2020 when we all know what the rotation was. The rotation was Castillo, Gray, Bauer, Discofani, and Wade Miley. So there was nowhere for him to fit. And you still had Tyler Malley as the number six starter. Uh, you're not going to pay $10 million for a guy that's going to be in the bullpen as your number seven starter slash, you know, reliever extraordinaire. That's a lot of money. So they, you know, mutually agreed to depart ways. And he signs with the Giants for one year and $9 million. So he loses a million off of arbitration, but still pretty all right. Pitches pretty well and earns himself the right to get a qualifying offer. You remember the qualifying offer, the thing that the Reds offered to Trevor Bauer for $18.9 million? You think that million dollar gamble that he made going to the Giants paid off? I think so, because he was their opening day starter this year. Kevin Gosman has pitched fantastically, and the biggest reason why is the discrepancy between his strikeout percentage and his walk percentage. He nearly strikes out a third of the batters that he faces. It's like literally just a shade under a third. And then he only walks about 6 to 7% of the guys. Ha- so we're not going to see a lot of free passes tonight for the Reds. The Reds are going to have to be judicious with their at-bats. You're going to have to look out. He mainly throws a fastball and a split finger change, but he also mixes in a slider and things like that. So it's going to be an interesting night to see what the Reds can do against Kevin Gosman. And then on the flip side, Luis Castillo was Luis Castillo in his second start. La Piedra dominated the pirates going to look for more of the same against this giants lineup tonight expecting them to mix in a few more lefties. Mike Yastrzemski pinch hit last night, but he only got one at bat because they tried to load the lineup with right-handers against Wade Miley. So we'll see Yastrzemski tonight. We'll see a couple of other names that we didn't hear a lot. Brandon Belt, he only got in the game for one at bat last night. He has killed the Reds in his career. In 192 plate appearances, he has a 1,025 OPS against the Reds. He's hit 13 home runs and 167 at-bats. That's actually one more home run that he's hit against the Padres, and he has over 350 more at-bats against the Padres. It's phenomenal what he does to Reds pitching. So Luis Castillo is gonna have to be careful with him. Expect him to be in the middle of this Giants, Giants lineup and gonna be an issue for Castillo. Hopefully not that big of an issue. Hopefully La Piedra is just rolling through this lineup tonight because we'd love to see a series victory. The Reds had a series, a, a um uh, a streak of seven series victories snapped in Arizona. Let's see if they can start a new one tonight starting at 9.45 p.m. You can watch it on Bally Sports. If you get Bally Sports on your cable or streaming provider, you can also listen to it on the radio. Chris Welsh is on the radio call with Tommy Thrall tonight. And we'll have you cover from a Twitter angle, at Jeff Carr with three Fs and at Reds. Let's see if the Reds can get another win. Tonight, that's going to do it for us here today on the podcast. Thank you so much for listening and downloading to the Lockdown Reds podcast. If you don't already, make sure you follow it. That way, you get great Reds content each and every day in your podcast feed. Tomorrow's going to be a little bit different as there's a three forty-five start time, so it's going to be a quick turnaround. Based on everything, you, know, you always get that funny uh ending to the game, whether it's on radio or television, where they're just like, "Tomorrow night, nope." just kidding tonight because we're already into the next day that's how it is here on the east coast whenever they play in San Francisco and stuff like that so they'll finish up the series tomorrow 345 we're going to have that covered and then on Thursday we'll wrap up the series and I want to do a little bit of throwback we're going to look back in the history of the Reds and take a look on some throwback Thursday action that's all coming to you very soon but for now have a great Tuesday go Reds And I will talk to each and every one of you tomorrow. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.